The divisional round is in the past. We are now moving on to the conference title games, and we welcome y'all to this week's recap episode on the Monday morning. Sitting here with Cover Zero, it's myself, it's Josiah. Bruh, how was your divisional round week? It was cool. It was cool. It wasn't as, you know, exciting as, I mean, leading up to it, obviously it was. We were excited. But I don't think it, some of the games didn't really live up to the excitement that we thought it was. You know, I know, obviously I had, uh, you know, Green Bay and the Rams being my game of the weekend. And that was the one of the most least exciting games. And then you had the Ravens and the Bills. And I know, you know, we both feel the same way. It was you know, it wasn't that exciting as well, but still a good weekend of football. You know, anytime you got football and you're able to watch it and, you know, it's, it's enjoyable in itself, but the games could have been a little bit better, but it is. That's football for you. That's football for you. Yeah. That's how it sometimes it unfolds to sometimes your expectation can tend to suck the wind out of what a game actually ends up being once right. the, you know, the ball is snapped and the kickoff occurs. But I feel like for this Rams game, which is where we're going to start, we're going to have to go through this just as we lived it, just to go ahead and post-mortem dissect this whole entire weekend. And the biggest thing when we were going into this game, I think we have to look back on that one, was really the battle of the Aarons and then the battle of Jalen on Devontae. And I think the biggest part that where we should start at, at least if we're going to unpack those matchups before we get into how the whole game unfolded, mm-hmm. that touchdown to Devontae Adams in early on in the game where Jalen was absolutely distraught screaming at Scott after they didn't pass him off on that. The one thing I at least want to get on record is that a, you cannot defend that play unless you pass that off in coverage. And the biggest thing right there too is one, I didn't expect this to happen, but one also Twitter was going and social media as well as a collective unit was going haywire going nuts going dumb off of, oh, that's an illegal motion, which with the use of like motion at the snap in the NFL that it has happened this year, I don't understand how people still have the reaction that that's an illegal move. Like right. that's like, like we've seen so many teams do that. Like right. there's just a collective group that's not paying attention. And then B ultimately the real part of it right there, when they snapped that ball, when Devonte was in motion, he was the number two. But then once this, the ball was snapped and in Rodgers' hands, he was the number one. Mm-hmm. So right then and there, yes, Jalen followed him from the right side of the formation to the left side of the formation. Yeah. Back to the right side of the formation and while he was still running, the ball was snapped. But where he was at when the ball was snapped, he was the number two. Right. So that for Scott would indicate that they got to pass it off that Scott has to kick out to the flat because he already has an advantage in the positioning as in comparison to where Jalen was. So really a lot of people are going to be like, Oh, Jalen didn't, Jalen wasn't there. Jalen couldn't hang with Devontae, blah, 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 blah on that play. But Jalen has a gripe on that one. You know, that's just the first area I want to hit on with that one. And overall, as far as that matchup goes, like how, how did, how did you see that, that matchup between a Aaron Donald, which I didn't really speak on yet. I'll let you get to that one. And then B, Jalen Ramsey. I felt like J- J- Jalen actually did a solid job, man. I, I mean, Devontae didn't take over the game or anything like that. I, I felt like he did a solid job. And and even in the passing game, I felt like, you know, Aaron Rodgers did make some critical throws. I, I said it on the page. I said it on the thread. I was talking to a couple of uh, Rocco uh, Ramos, you know, the uh, Rams fan. I was talking to him. 
And I was telling him that there's going to be a time where Jared Goff is going to have to make some critical throws because we know Aaron Rodgers can can clearly make those throws and he will make them, you know, um, and, and he did. But I thought that what I really got out of the game is what Green Bay was able to do on the ground. They ran the ball very, very, very well. And I think they caught the Rams off guard by that. You would think, well, you know, they're a good they're a great defensive team, so they shouldn't be caught off guard you know, with something like a, like a run, run attack, but they were, you know, uh, Cam Akers, I felt like 90 yards, which is not a whole bunch of yards. It just seemed like maybe he would, maybe he would have, he would have had more when you, when you like watch it in live time, but even 90 yards on that, on that defensive line is pretty impressive. And they controlled the clock. I'm, I'm sorry. I said 90 yards, 99 yards. I was reading the wrong player, Cam Akers and talking about the wrong team. Aaron Jones had 99 yards. And that's, although that's not really, super impressive when you watch the game live you mm-hmm. see that they were able to control the clock and he and he averaged seven yards per per carry you know and and that you know on that defensive line and they were able to run it from the first quarter all the way up until the fourth quarter they never really had a you know uh any type of like they they was able to control the clock you know and and it did hurt Aaron Donald obviously him playing her it hurt the team you know he didn't have as many snaps and, you know, that played a factor, but they still have a really good defensive line, you know, you, you, you know, and, and, and obviously Brandon Staley, who is now breaking news, now the new, you know, uh, head coach for the Chargers, he's a really good defensive coordinator. He knows, I'm sure he knows how to adjust. They just couldn't get it done. That's more of the story of the game and how Green Bay won that game, you know, and it's and again, yeah. Jalen Ramsey and Devontae Adams. I felt like Ramsey did a solid job. I felt like he did a solid job going off of what you said right there. You can't, you definitely can't fault him. And like you said, with the formation, you know, fans talking that is really just, like you said, not paying attention because it's been going on all season with different teams. So, yeah, I yeah, I felt like Ramsey did a solid job. You, you can't put that touchdown on him, you know, but the st- moral of the story really goes down to that, that run game. They were not able to stop the run. They weren't. They weren't. They really – and I love – I really did love, though, how Green Bay went into that game and, and Matt LaFleur specifically being the offensive play caller and the brain trust over there, or at least the the hydra of that brain trust. Right, there right. In Green Bay deciding to use three running backs. Like, I'm going to dedicate A.J. Dillon into a role in this game. I'm going to use Jamal Williams. I'm going to use Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, and just being able to line them up behind that old line and then go ahead and go – and with that green, with that, uh, not Green Bay, but with that LA front, a lot of what they do with those eagle fronts, basically the eagle front is when you put someone in a zero technique. Primarily, that's going to be Aaron Donald sitting there in the middle on running situations. And then you have two ends locked up in those four eyes. And then you have linebackers mugged up in the gaps and the, the B's in between them. And that's really been a problem for other teams to be able to run against. But on the plays in which Green Bay didn't have success, which wasn't really a lot, too, so that didn't cause them to necessarily deviate from it. Right, right. But overall, they still had success against those looks where they got like they got those those five on fives as you were talk as as you were talking about and as like as they were talking about on the on the broadcast. Like you got those five on fives. Mm-hmm. Something that's hat on hat, man on man, or as you call it, it within whatever terminology you're within, a mom block or a bob block being big on big or man on man. And, you know, that's where they were able to really excel and have success against that Rams, that Rams team. 
And you hadn't really seen that against the Rams defense this year. You hadn't really necessarily seen a team have that type of approach. And you and I talked about this right after that first game on Saturday where we were, we were texting back and forth. And I was like, you know, I love Green Bay's approach. And I love how just early on that was like, you know what? We're going to use the run and we're going to lean on the run. And we're just going to take small little dink and dunks where we can. Right. We're not going to force the ball. Mm-hmm. We're going to take advantage of their scheme like I alluded to and we alluded to with the Devontae Adams touchdown. Mm-hmm. And then later on in the game, later on in the game, we're then going to start opening up, open things up a little bit. We're going right. to take shots to Alan Lazard like they did and they connected on later. Yeah. Even though Lazard dropped the first one that landed in his bucket. Right. You know, but stuff like that, that was just, I felt like Green Bay handled that game and approached that game very, very well. Yeah. And early on, Goff actually threw the ball better than he has in a long time. Yeah, he, did make some, mm, he did, especially in the first quarter. He made some really, really good throws in the he first sure quarter. Mm-hmm. He, he sure did. He had a couple to Robert Woods, to Josh Reynolds mm-hmm. early on that ended up providing a lot of sec- success for that team. And then that two-point play, that two-point play the Rams executed with uh, with the, the screen to Van Jefferson, the yeah. wide receiver screen with the hook and ladder. Honestly, I think like – so like this is just something I've been kind of brewing on for a while before we get out of this game that I want to like touch on. I've honestly been thinking about like what's the next wave of things – that 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 takes over the NFL or not not takes over but is the new is the new buzz like there was a while when like you know we'd never seen NFL offenses incorporate zone read options run first quarterbacks until Lamar Jackson got there and then you didn't necessarily see quarterbacks like it was always said you can never throw Leighton over the middle and then Patrick Mahomes came into the league and then there was always like just like motion at the snap play action you know all these different wrinkles that are added to the NFL to create chaos on your opponent. Something that I think the next coordinator or whoever it is, maybe it's a coordinator who's already out there. Maybe it's some brilliant mind that we have yet to know the name of, mm-hmm. but I think the the use of the lateral is like maybe several years down the road is going to be something that we see. Maybe it's two years. Now, I don't know, but that's like the one area of the game that hasn't been like spammed for lack of a better word. Right. And maybe we see that going forward with offenses. I don't know. That's just what I'm going to kind of keep my eye open for. Yeah. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Because the game changes. You know, I right now it is it is changing from players and how they're able to, uh, especially QBs, we're talking QBs, the way they're able to throw the ball and how they're throwing the ball, it's, it's different. It's, it's a lot different. You know, it's, it's a lot different than what it was 10 years ago, you know. So that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll see if they go to that. But, uh, yeah, as you had mentioned, Brandon Staley, the defensive coordinator for the Rams now, hired by the Chargers, he's going to go ahead and take that. One of the two, actually, defensive coordinators that actually now, or defensive-minded people, I should say, mm-hmm. taking a head coaching job out of all the other names that were in there. And we'll save this for another podcast, but you know who has yet to even get that interview. Yeah. It's, like I said. We'll save that for another podcast Yeah, because what happened after that Rams game, what happened after that Rams game actually led into the 
to me, just as I as I had tabled it, I said this Rams and this Bills game was the one that I was looking forward to the most. And for a lot of reasons, I felt that these were two teams right here that I could clearly see honestly having a path, like honestly, like reaching the Super Bowl. And when you reach the Super Bowl, that's anybody's game. You know what I mean? So I, I expected it to be a lot closer than it was. The final score of 17 for the Bills and only three for the Ravens was not what I expected, really. And I know that was nothing that any of us also predicted as well. What were the keys that you saw that led to this outcome? Well, you know, I I think let's start with the Ravens. I I think they just didn't play that well. You know, uh, I, I talked to Henry about the game shortly after the game. You know, and he brought up some some key points. And I'm interested to see. It sucks that we wasn't able to have him on today. But when he gets on, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe we'll be able to bring it up or something. But I'm interested to see what he says about Lamar because he didn't really say too much about Lamar. But he brought up some other good points. And one of them he brought up was offensive line. And I do agree the offensive line didn't really hold up the way they did versus the Titans. But we do know the Bills have a, a better defensive line. You know, they came to play. And, you know, they they were not going to be beat. They they the Ravens was not going to be able to run the ball all over. them. That just wasn't going to happen. You know, not by not by J.K., not by Lamar, especially Lamar and not by Gus. You know, Lamar had to do a lot more than what he did versus Titans. For he sure. had to make some better throws. He had to complete some better some better passes. He had to do better. And he didn't he didn't do that in this game. And I understand the weather played a factor. We. We know it was it was really bad, but you know both of those teams have played in tough tough conditions. You know, obviously Baltimore it's not it's not always it's not sunny over there all the time. You know, they can get really cold out there in Buffalo. They play right, the- yeah, it's only yeah. always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. You know, and, and going and and going with Buffalo, you know, they they went through the same. They had the same wins. You know, it's not like the wind was just blowing for you know Lamar and the Ravens. It. it it affected both teams and the Bills. They just they they wanted it more. You know they wanted it more and they played better. And even Josh, he both QBs looked terrible the first half, probably all the way up until maybe the middle of the third quarter. You know, but Josh stepped up when he needed to. When he needed to make those throws, he he made them. You know, and shout out the way you know we talked about him uh, playing better and 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 getting better. You know, and being more accurate now but even his rollouts when he rolls out he's able to throw the ball on a run he really has gotten really good with that you're right you're so right about that bro and i'm glad you brought that up because like him rolling out to the right it's like no team wants that no (laughs) no and no one wants like to be where we are right now like him rolling out to the right just like you said to where we thought he was this guy and now he's this dude that can roll out to the right and be as effective as he is yeah, in the pocket. That's that's what I'm saying. And you really and, and and now, you know, we always it's funny, his first two years, he was more known for just, you know, running he ran the ball real well, right? He could truck, yeah. play defensive players, all of that, you know, and we knew he could throw the ball deep, he just wasn't accurate. He got better and better, and now he's pretty accurate so far. He hasn't had no no type of setback. And uh, you know, and now he's able to run the ball really well on the run. And now and if he doesn't see something on the run, he knows I mean he's not scared to run he will run and he he will you know put his shoulders down and, and truck or move you know hit somebody so he can get that first down or to get them extra yards I really love that about his play man I said Me that too. last year when they played in the playoffs and in the regular season and I'm saying it now he he has that man he he, he has that he might 
he might have it. You know, a lot of people say, does he have that it factor? He might just have that. Because I don't he think he does. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking so too. I'm thinking yeah. so too because he already kind of, you know, he loves to put his team on his back. He loves to try to do anything he can to make sure his team come out on top, you know, but he was still lacking, you know, certain things. He wasn't as accurate. Well, now he's pretty accurate. So now he is one of the, <laughs> he's one of the most dangerous QBs right now uh, in the league, in my opinion. You know, so you got to give credit, you know, you got to give credit when it's due with him. But yeah, I just really felt like the Bills, they, they, they controlled, they bullied the Ravens in a sense. The Ravens wasn't able to really just do anything. And, and like I right. said, part of it, you know, normally we blame Greg Roman. I've, I've blamed him, talked about him on the show a thousand times. You've talked about him. Me and Henry went back and forth, I think, about him or about Lamar, one of them. No, you I know. mean Henry. I mean Henry's lit a fire under Greg Roman's ass, and then poured gasoline on it with every episode since then. So right, yeah, you know, <laughs> right, right, you know, and and Greg and I can't really put too much on Greg on this one. I mean, yeah, maybe they could, you could say, oh, they could have ran the ball a little, but they couldn't run the ball. Period. I, the, the the defensive line for the Bills really came to play. They 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 came to play. Lamar, you know, and like I said, there was times where Lamar didn't have time. To really throw the ball, you know, I, I I know I understand that, but even when he did throw the ball, he was just off. He was off. I mean, the ball was overthrown a few good times, you know. So, you know, later on in the game, they started to, you know, they they started to kind of heat up a little bit. You know, I know Marquise Brown; he had a solid game. He made some crucial clutch catches, which was cool and all. But you just never really felt like the Ravens was going to win this game, you know. So. Yeah, I, I, that's what I noticed in this game. And um, obviously, you know, we again, we're going back to the wins. You know, they missed. Their, both of their kickers was missing. And that's because now that's – Like, right. when was the last time you seen Justin Tucker, Tucker go 0 for 2 when, like, when he first started the game? I know. But the wins I literally, were bad. I legitimately I, cannot remember. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's, it's a fact, bro. I, don't, I, I can't remember either. You know, The last was, time, honestly, that I would remember – was this like maybe a couple nights ago when I played Madden 21 against my guy Krebs and with how trash Madden 21 is. Yeah, that's the last time, you know. But in reality, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. You know, that's it. Uh, he doesn't miss. He doesn't miss. But the weather, I will say the weather, I'll put the, the, the wins more on the kickers than I would the players. You know, I, I really. Just- Oh, I mean, you, you, yeah, the wind, the wind being a factor affecting the, the right because you got you, you know what I mean, like you know, and and yeah. So I don't know. I I just felt like I wanted to see more from Lamar. I didn't really see it, you know. And I felt like the Bills they did they did what they needed to do on both sides of the mainly on the defense. And then another thing, the too, Bills defense really this game. This was the Bills defense. I think that we all expected to see. Right. Right. The, throughout the course of this year, like we've all talked about how they necessarily, you know, they've allowed a lot of points and right. they've given up passes. They may have right. not been as good in coverage before, kind of a a, a slight down year, at, the, at least for the first half of the season for, from Tredavious White. Right. Uh, Micah Hyde maybe wasn't necessarily the playmaker that he was before. I felt like Jordan Poyer all year long been balling, been right. balling and still was, still was in this game. But overall, like, I mean, you saw, Tonight was the game – last night was the game where you saw – Saturday night, I should say, was the game where you really saw Levi Wallace come into play. Teron Johnson, like mm. – like when you have guys step up in the playoffs mm. and make plays like – like Teron Johnson's been a good 
third slash fourth DB for them. He plays a lot in the slot when they go into their sub packages and their dime looks. Because when they run three DBs, it's gonna or he's he's in there usually as the as the nickel corner. Right. And he's gonna play a lot more and do different things when they go into those sub packages. Right. And when right. you get guys that can do like, I mean, a hundred and one yard interception return for a TD, I mean, that right that right that alone there is a game changing type of play. Game changer. And that's one game thing. Changer. It's one thing you just you you cannot have turnovers in the red zone. Period. I mean, that's just especially at a game like they needed that touchdown. They, oh, a red zone turnover that led to a defensive touchdown. That's that's the word. It don't get no worse than that. It doesn't. It's literally that is a not only a field flipper. It flips the scoreboard. It's it 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 puts a vacuum on that other team's momentum. Like, I mean, it, you cannot, like, there's almost no way you can provide hyperbole to that situation. Right. There's just almost zero way you can do it because that is going to turn the tide. Mm-hmm. And it did. Yep. I agree. Yeah. And when you get that type of play from someone and then after that, Lamar got hurt. And then basically, yeah. you know, yeah. it's the, it's the Titanic from here on out, bro. Ship is sinking. SOS. And no one's going to hear it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I agree on all those points you were talking about to to like reference what the Bills were doing. Really, honestly, I I love what I saw from that defense. They were running one high safety more often than two high right. after they went into the from the first quarter. They showed a lot of two high, which is predominantly the Bills are a two high safety team as everyone listening will see on my new piece coming out about the collapse in Seattle, where it started a turning point was when they played against the bills who are a too high team, but the bills made a slight little adjustment in that second quarter because the way the Ravens were running the ball in the first quarter up the gut, they then dropped, they didn't drop either Poyer or Micah into the box. and were running a lot more one high looks. And then from that point on, the Ravens couldn't really get anything going on. And then that compounded with the wind. Just made it to the point to where you get a hundred yard interception for a touchdown, like you said, turnovers in the in the red zone that equate in points. Mm-hmm. Like that mountain becomes a lot more Everest like when those type of setbacks occur. And <clears throat> uh, the Bills blitzes were pretty effective overall for the most part on Lamar. They made him think about things. They made him second guess. They kind of flustered him, threw him off his rhythm, and stuff like that. And after he went out with that that concussion when he got dropped, you know, and, and you hate you hate to see these things. And we saw this with another team that we'll get to in our next game. But you hate to see these things with like when Lamar went out and he was going to the locker room and they had to bring in uh, Tyler Huntley. Right. And how did you think he played? I thought he was okay. I thought he was all right. You know, I didn't see nothing really, you know, uh, game changing. But I, I, th- I thought he did all right. Like, I think like that, like, I felt like he had that first, like the first play they used him in, they they got him out on a run to, you know, create better space for to punt, like play field position, et cetera. But he recognized that coverage bust on Hollywood Brown. And I feel like in a game that didn't have wins like they had up there in upstate New York and, right. you know, Griselda out there blowing the wind and, you know, making the, you know, <laughs> yeah. I can't, bro. Like, I mean, side note, side note, small tangent. You know, like I can already hear, I can already hear like West Side Gun at the end of that game, like, yeah. da, 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 da. like, 
you know, and like Benny got some bars. They should have like Chain do like a side, like like a like. That's what they need to do. That's the, they need to have like like they need to have you know. They need side, to have Chain. That's the best group out right now. I know we talking football, but that's the best group out right now. We'll keep going. That you know, I hear you. I hear you on that. I mean, we we got to let the people know, bro. Especially since Buffalo is in there right now. Yeah, and if they, they beat the Chiefs right now, I mean, what is the cover of the new Griselda album about to be? <laughs> right, bro. Right. Like, like, is it going to be like Patrick Mahomes crying? Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they might around and come out to it. They might, they might come out use one of the songs as an anthem coming out or something. Who knows? I would. Like, how you going not? Like, I'm gonna use like, 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 like it's like it's like kickoff. Like the one I'm always uh, the one I always reference to. I don't know if it's, it's not even on a Griselda album. It's the one with Benny and Pusha, and it's the one. Uh, it, like, I mean, just imagine, imagine, it, bro, imagine Josh Allen and them coming out to the field. The butcher coming, nigga. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, that would be that would be so filthy. Buffalo winning right now. That that's a good. That's a joke. That would be so dope. I would love to see that. I would love to see that. I can't wait for what Benny, what bars Benny has. You know, yeah. my team gonna stay tight. We locking up the corners like we was Trey White. <laughs> you uh, know? Uh, anyway, anyway, look, I got an open mic, but I'm gonna back off these bars for a little bit. <laughs> We're gonna get back to the football. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think to get back to it, like Tyler Huntley, I feel like in in a different in a different stadium, in a different setting, without the wind, without the weather. Right. That deep ball where he was able to at least recognize Hollywood Brown, like breaking coverage right there. Yeah. That shows something that a guy that you slotted in for his first start as a rookie when you've already had a Robert Griffin to be your preconceived backup as you approach the season. And then he couldn't do it. And then Trace McSorley, he got hurt in that Browns game. Right. So he couldn't do it. So then you had to pull this rookie off the practice squad that you necessarily didn't think was going to have to play. But he did. Right. You know, I, I still I, like, you know, I thought like for the for the moment, like you just at least me, I assumed it was going to be absolutely and completely over. And he, he showed me a thing here or two there. He might be able to compete for a backup job at least next year for the Ravens right now. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, you know, or like I was saying, he 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 made he made some good throws. I got I didn't see nothing that was game changing or anything like that, but. You know, he did, like, that was a good point that you brought up, you know, him recognizing Marquise Brown. But Mark Brown was playing good, I thought, the whole game. I mean, he really found some some holes and spots in that defense at times. Yeah, he got that third and 18 on that over route. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they put him on. They put him at the three on the three-by-one set. And you mm-hmm. drop that speed at three and run that over route. And he, yeah. So he, point. you know, he, he had he had a really, he had a really good game, I thought. He really and and we've been on Marquise Brown. I know Henry talked talked about him. I even said he was trash, you know. Until I see something, you know. I mean, he's trash in my eyes. I gotta really, gotta really see it. You can't get on Twitter or any one of these social outlets and complain right. about not getting the ball or right. whatever it may be. And then when you do get the ball, when they do throw you the ball, you dropping the ball. So you know, it was good to see him this game. Last week's game, I thought he had some good catches as well. I think for the last the last three. Four games. Actually. Yeah, I think he's, you're right. I think his his turning point was that Browns game, that yeah. Browns uh, Monday night primetime game, and then yeah, on yeah. into the playoffs. Like Henry and I were talking about that following the Titans game. 
And just like in that Bills game, like dude really showed he is he has talent to be at least, you know, you can you can see the first round pick coming to fruition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah. It's really good to see that from that speedster that they have over there in Baltimore. But nonetheless, man, 17 to 3, Lamar. You know, we, I just hated to see a quarterback go down with an injury in that game. Yeah. And I don't necessarily know. None of us know because we didn't get to see it unfold that way. If Lamar would have, have been able to surmount the comeback. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, the reality is that he didn't. And you just hate to see when a team mm-hmm. isn't at full strength. Yeah. And there, there's a sort of like, you know, you wonder what if. You know what I mean? As the ending goes. And the one area where I'm also very glad that I feel like that didn't completely dictate the ending was what happened this morning as we record on the Sunday night in Kansas City. Yeah. With Patrick Mahomes going out late. And the Chiefs still, still coming up victorious against the Browns. And what actually with that ended up causing a lot of tensions to rise and a lot of different scenarios to be played out. But when Patrick Mahomes went out and he got up on that, it was it was on a speed option in a short yarded situation. Mm-hmm. He got tackled and his neck got wrung and he went out. Yep. And nonetheless, though, they had a 12-point lead when this happened. And they still ended up hanging on. But as we unpack this game, bro, do you think the Browns could have been in better standing throughout the course of this game if they would have elected to run the ball more? Yeah. Yep. Didn't understand what Kevin was really doing in the first half. They didn't really start running the ball until about maybe 12 minutes into the third quarter. Third quarter, exactly. Yeah. After after Tyron Matthews' pick. Yeah, and, and after after he after uh, Harrison Butker missed a field goal following the interception. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they really they were shooting themselves in the foot, man. They didn't really start running the ball until, like I said, twelve minutes left in the third quarter, and they ran it effectively. I, I you know, Kevin got to be kicking himself, like, hey, you know, I don't know why, like, what were you doing? And, and you know, it's crazy because I think teams in general, when they fall behind with the Chiefs or I shouldn't say the team, but the coaches and the head coach, primarily the head coach. Right, yeah. The, the the brain trust, yep. They panic a little bit. I think mm-hmm. they panic a tad bit, and they start, well, you know, we, we got we to put some points on the board. We got to put the points on the board. But it's still early in the game. And, if that, and, and yeah, Baker obviously has been, he's been playing really well. He's been playing consistent. I talked about that when I picked him in the upset last week. You know, but you're, you're, what you guys do, what you guys do very, very well, and that's helped Baker, is run the ball. Absolutely. So away from not even get away. For him not to right. even run the ball in the first quarter or first half. Bro, they had six rushing attempts for 18 yards in the first half. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. How does the Browns team, like, how, bro? Hey. You have this offensive line. The Chiefs are not a defensively run stout team. Yeah. How? I don't know. I don't know. And what makes it even more worse is that. Wide receiver, they were dropping. You had the wide receivers not even helping Baker out. So you had the wide receivers dropping the ball. You had the penalties going on. You had even Nick Chubb in the passing game. He was dropping the ball. I mean, you had so many different things not going well for you in the passing game. You would out. You just would assume that okay, let's get back to what we do. It took an interception, another turnover, or a turnover for them to say okay, let's let let's let's get back to what we do. And they're lucky right. that the defense played well enough 
and the Chiefs was off. By the way, I think that two week. Right. Um, yeah, there was a couple of there was a couple of possessions. Like the first possession, I feel like I mean they drove down seventy five yard drive right off the bat. Right off the bat. Like that. Like that just seemed like yep, yep. They're no rust. No, they're good. But yeah. you're right. Don't know, like later on, you maybe it's not rust. We've all we've always seen the Chiefs have certain. We've seen the Chiefs in certain quarters put up 24 points. Right. And we're just like, yep, that's what they do. But then we've seen the Chiefs in other quarters where they just go zero. Right. And we're like, what's going on? (laughs) Yeah, we're like, what's going on? But then they come back in the next quarter and they put up 14 and you forget about it. Yeah. The the biggest thing. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, bro. You're good. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, the biggest thing for me that, that that I've, that today, like, reminded me of. Right is is when we see this Chiefs team have these offensive skids, right, and they and they necessarily don't go scorched earth on everybody all the time, every possession, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. When they have those type of showings, and the ending scoreboard result is something like today, you know, twenty two to seventeen, or like the Falcons when it's in the teens all the way through, right they still manage to win by what the defense is able to do. Right. Right. You you never like like, oh, the Browns only scored 17. That's why the Chiefs won. Like like if you can give Chad Henney after him Holmes went out with that that concussion and bro, that looked that looked bad. Yeah. Bro, he got up and looked like Bambi on ice when he got up. Mm. Like, them knees was wobbly. Like, I was like, whoa. Like, I really felt legitimately for a second, like, concerned just because of how he got up. And you never know how these things unfold when you're talking about, like, you know, neck and spine and, you know, neurological injuries like that. You know what I mean? But the one time, the one time we've actually seen this Chiefs team lose it was when their offense this year, I mean, when I say this Chiefs team this year, I mean, it was when their offense put up 32 points. That was when we saw this Chiefs team lose. Right. And we all know what team caused that. Right. You know, we all, you know, <laughs> it was a certain team that you and I may or may not have an affinity for. I'm just going to say. I mean, right, right. Anyway, you know. <laughs> So, but like, but like, that's the thing, like when these, when these, these wacky game scripts unfold and these, these, how would I put it? Like something that occurs that you necessarily don't expect in terms of the score, in terms of Patrick Mahomes being hurt, in terms of how like certain game things unfolded with, you know, like, like the Richard Higgins touchback on that catch, you know what I mean? Stuff like that, where it's like, just, whoa, craziness, wonkiness, whatever. That's when the defense for the Chiefs seems to lock down. When the pressure and the onus for that Chiefs defense, like, look, we need to stop. Look, we need to stop. Our offense is really not doing it today. Mm -hmm. That's when that defense feels like, look, no one references the Chiefs and says that Chiefs defense A B C D E. You know what I mean? No one really does that. But yet and still, they have people over there like Chris Jones. They have people over there like Tyron Matthew, who I feel like today balled his ass off. Not just that interception, but the way he was setting the edge on those on certain plays when they would like try to do, you know, flat routes and create runs after the catch, or when they did attempt to try to get on the edge with the run game, he was right there turning it inside. And Romo did a great job pointing that out. So it's like it's something that I feel like attributes more to what the Chiefs are capable of doing when you have a defense 
that can respond and gain ground when the offense necessarily doesn't have it clicking at the rate we expect it to. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's, that's, that's true. That's true. And, and uh, just finishing up my point, you know, uh, the, they just, you know, they're lucky that the chiefs didn't put up no touchdowns on those drives. I mean, they, it was field goal after field goal. After, I think it was like four field goals straight. You know, a couple happened with Mahomes and a couple happened with Henny, or maybe three happened with Mahomes, one happened with Henny. You know, uh, and the, so yeah, shout out to the Browns defense. They came, they, it was the then not break, you know, and that's what, that's good enough. That's yeah, that. well, you, you, <laughs> going against the Chiefs. points, you allowed to yeah. a Chiefs team. Cool. Yeah, exactly. The offense got to be disappointed. Kevin got to be disappointed. Now, I know he's a rookie head coach. They'll get better. You know, uh, hopefully everybody stay healthy and, and they come into the season next year. And if they do, everything's good. They're going to be really scary next year. They're going to be really scary because they know what it's like to be in the playoffs. They know what it's like to win a playoff game. And they know almost what it's like to be in the AFC championship game. It came to really not having a really good game plan. And that falls on the head coach. And even the management, poor management, the clock management, that just not having no timeouts when you needed them. Mm-hmm. It just... You know, uh, at times, Kevin looked like a rookie at times. And, and I, I really like what he's done. I really like what he's done. But there was a lot of things I really didn't agree with in that first half. Nothing I agree with, actually, on offense. The only thing with the offense that I disagree with is just his lack of sustain. Like, okay, yeah, first half, six runs, 18 yards, three point three yards of care. Okay. But, bro, you got to give your horses more chances. Yeah, why well, he panicked? I'm telling you, I, I really think I think when teams they they get to this this mode, they start thinking that you know I got we got to put up some some points because eventually they are going to be putting up touchdowns. Yeah, and, and they're already up on us ten points, fourteen points, you know, whatever. And they just there they go. They start you know passing the ball a lot. And for the Browns, we know yes that we know they can pass the ball well. We we've seen that, but we know the running game is what carries that offense. We we not even going exactly. We know Chubb Hunt, and they both played real well today. They did, and that's the thing is like rely, use your like. Look, you got J.C. Treader, you got Wyatt Teller, you got Joe Batonio. Yeah, there there are teams in the NFL who don't have a run blocker as capable as any three of those guys at any position in their offensive line, mm-hmm. and yet y'all got three of them. Y'all got, and then you got Jack Conklin on the right. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, you know, Jedrick went out early, but he's more of a pass blocker than a run blocker, whatever, whatever. You know, I just, like, I just don't understand. I guess I, I let, me, let me, let me back up just a second. It's like you said, it's exactly like you said, bro. Teams will go against the Chiefs and they'll feel that chaos. Mm-hmm. They'll feel that chaos and that chaos is going to put a weight on them. Mm-hmm. to deviate and to you know what I have to I have to adjust I have to I can't stick to my game plan because the game isn't going as I expected mm-hmm. but I never felt like by the time that Stefanski deviated from the run I didn't feel like when he did so and when he elected to do so that the game was out of hand you know overall overall I would say that yes Baker did his thing yeah. for the most part like that was a bad pick to Tyron Matthew. Okay, that play, you know, <clears throat> that was, you know, it's whatever. Tyron's going to make that type of play. Yeah. But even like, even when they came, bro, even when they came out, we were sitting, like, I, like I said, 
six carries, 18 yards for two quarters. That should not exist right there. That should not exist if, you, it exists if you're the Cleveland Browns. That should not exist, right? They have the command to be able to allow that to not happen, but it did. So when you come out of the halftime locker room and you talk about adjustments that you can make right. and things you can do differently to elevate your squad, right. the first thing would be run the ball. Right. They even went and told uh, who who was on the sidelines for that game? Was it Tracy Wilson, Aaron Andrews? I can't, it would have been CBS or Tracy Wilson, right? Yeah, they yeah. went. Yeah, they went and told her, and they was like, they want to get back to the run. Run, right? The first three plays, pass. They call pass on first down, pass on second down, pass on third down, interception. <laughs> you I cannot legitimately tell me. So either a they went into the locker room and said we got to get back to running the ball. And I lied to Tracy Wilson. And I mean, there's just, there's just, there's, there's no way. Right. Right. That's what that can't, that can't be it. It can't be. That's why I said, you know, because you look at this game. Now you could say, you could say a few things. You could say, well, the, and that, that, that crucial, which will be a little, it'll be controversial as far as uh, a little bit of controversy on it, the, um, the hit uh, that happened. Oh, you, the Sorensen hit on Richard Higgins on the touchback. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean the helmet to helmet people, you know. Well, he, you, know, you know what? I'm glad they didn't. I'll say this: I, I won't either. It is it's a touchback. He it's did leave right. with the helmet, but I don't think exactly. that. And I got to go back. I have to go back and really watch it. But I don't think his helmet really. I don't think they really. I, I got to go back and watch it. It just it looked like all when you see the tackle, especially in slow motion. Yeah, he's leading with his helmet. But did his helmet really? collide with it was Higgins right wasn't Higgins yeah it was Richard Higgins and Daniel Sorensen yeah did his helmet really collide with Higgins helmet like that that's no, the it did it, it, to answer your question no it did not at all yeah. what they were what they were contemplating throwing the flag on is the fact that Sorensen led with the crown mm-hmm. yeah and and I, and that that rule I mean look we could have a whole podcast on that but just my short take on that rule is to to the app, I get the I understand and I and I appreciate the the use of enforcing player safety, right? You know what I mean. But like with how fast NFL football is and how violent mm-hmm. NFL football is, there are certain times where that is impossible to remove from the game. Yeah, and I think that the play that we saw today was a play where that ruling should not be enforced and I'm right. glad that it wasn't. Right. Same here. Same here. So, yeah. That's that's how I would frame it. That's how I'd frame it ultimately. Because you you and me, we've been under the pads, bro. We know how this could be. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's it's bang bang play, you know. It's ended up being unfortunate for the Browns. This year I'm 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 just so uh, like I've said before, if you're a Browns fan and you listen to the show, let me know. Hit me up. There's only one Browns fan who has, and he lives in uh, he lives in Cleveland. Who's listening to the show? There's only one Brown fan who messaged me, and I asked him, "Okay, yeah, what's your cash app? I'm gonna send you, you know, four bucks so you can go get a beer." And he hasn't got back to me, so because <laughs> I gotta buy you a beer. Y'all lost. I'm not buying you two, so yeah. I'll still buy you one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> either way, but. Before we go ahead and exit out of here, the last game of the last game of this divisional round, mm-hmm. and as I've said, my favorite weekend of football as a whole. I agree. 
this the last game of the division round was the Bucks at Saints. And for me, for me, this was the best game of the weekend. Would you agree? Yep. I agree. Yep. I agree on yeah. that. What to you, what made it the best game of the weekend? Well, I really to me, they were both teams in the first half, I felt like their defenses really played a really, really good game. I, or first first half. I felt like the Saints defense really got after Brady. You look at how you, you look at his numbers. It was ten for twenty one. He only completed forty seven of his forty seven percent of his passes. Only ninety three yards, one touchdown, whatever. Drew Brees, same thing. The Buccaneers came right back at it. You know he wasn't really doing too well. Only completed ten out of seventeen for and complete or he completed ten ten passes out of seventeen and had a completion rate of fifty eight sixty three yards, no TDs, and one interception. So I like how the game was kind of well balanced. It was back and forth. You know, you've seen the defenses step up and do what they needed to do, kind of all game, but really in the first half. And then in the in the third quarter, fourth quarter, it's it well really the third quarter, it was kind of going back and forth. But that's when you can kind of say that's when it was it started to it was kind of unbalanced at that point because that's when just a tad bit, that's when you got to see breeze and and his passes stuff that mistakes he you know normally don't really make he really he, he made in this game and it's really because I think part of it obviously is age and then some of it well most of it really I thought was Tampa Bay to getting to him getting that pressure to him you know but not to go but to answer your question that's what made me feel like this was the best game it was really balanced for most of the game that's how right. you know in some of these games here you know, uh, that we, well, the games that we talked about, it was, you know, there was times where it was just, it was sloppy, you know, I mean, and even if you like, for example, you can go back and say, well, the Bills and the Ravens game, that was a close game for, for a little bit. That's true, but it was a sloppy, it was sloppy. And for mainly you could say, well, because of the wins, that's true. But that's one of the reasons why I wouldn't, you know, say it was more of a, a balanced game, you know, and right. then on top of that, it started to get out of hand and, you know, and with this one right here, I think it was more so what the defense was doing than what the players, the offensive players wasn't doing, you know, and then vice versa, you know, with, with the offense, when they needed to heat up, they, they did their thing. You know, it was just some mistakes that Breeze made, which is going to happen. You know, he, he, we knew Breeze was, we talked about this before the season started with Breeze is that we thought he wasn't, we knew that this team would make the playoffs. Right. You know, uh, but we didn't, think that breeze was going to be you know the same breeze that we've seen over the past you know because he's getting older and mm-hmm. you know and we we've seen that that arm as far as throwing deep passes we've seen that fade that was fading away last year you know uh, and i mean 2019 so you know last season i should say so you know uh but they 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 was managed they was able to make it work this season but yeah it came down to Really, uh, uh, the 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 game being more balanced as far as yeah. you know, being a, uh, that's why I have it. Is a, yeah, no, I I agree with you, man. Like this was the game where we really saw like defenses making a huge impact, and then offense, like you, you complementary football was on display Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And by that I mean like the way the Bucks were able to get their touchdowns. Mm-hmm were always off of interceptions or turnovers from the Tampa Bay defense. Yep. Every single time that they got a turnover, 
whether it was the Sean Murphy bunting interception when <clears throat> when Mike Thomas was trying to run the uh, the the whip route from the slot and Devonte or not Devonte Devin White got pressure yep. and forced Breeze to let go of the ball quickly and then he ran it down early he ran it down after the interception and then they threw the ball to Mike Evans which Mike Evans was able to have some sort of catch on uh, Marshawn Lattimore. And I feel like for his confidence overall as a player, he needed that. Yeah. <laughs> Marshawn has, has locked that man up Yeah, for so long. You know, like that's almost a matchup that we don't even necessarily say like, oh, this is about to be a good one. You get a really good corner against a good receiver. It's almost to the point with those two where we're just like, now Marshawn going to own him. Yeah. You know, and it was good to see like Mike get that catch just for the sake of that matchup, still being able to have that back and forth. I agree. But overall, yeah, like that Tampa Bay defense being able to cause those turnovers and put their offense in position, that was very advantageous. And then they were able to capitalize off that. What was so weird about that whole thing, and what was so – how would I phrase it? Yeah, so – it reminded me of Tom Brady playing with the Patriots, bro. Like when Tom Brady played for New England, it, it so at times it was, you know, him coming back, you know, down 28 to three, et cetera, et cetera, and all those other things. And then it was him needing a touchdown prior to the Malcolm Butler interception with four minutes left and then whip routes to Julian Edelman. Right. You know, and I, I could sit here and unfold all of these things and be and, and read this scroll and the podcast would go on for another hour. But you know what I mean? But it was like that type of complimentary football. That's like, like then hitting, hitting Leonard Fournette out of the backfield for a touchdown after he's already dropped a couple of things, hitting your running back when, when teams are expecting that your red zone targets are, Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski, and that's who you're going to be going after. Mm-hmm. Things like that. This unfolded in a lot of ways like we have seen before with Tom Brady. New uniform, new place, mm-hmm. same type of execution. And this man is on his way to his 14th fucking t- conference title game. <laughs> 14 yeah. of them. Yeah. That is insane to me. And like, we have we we will we will have our whatever Drew Brees was type of you know episode and send off. That's not what this show is right now about. Right, it's about you know the, the teams that have launched themselves into the into the conference title game and how they did so. And and Drew Brees today, there were there were some throws he left on the field. There was really some throws he left on the field, mm-hmm. and like he missed Alvin Kamara wide open in the flat on this throw where he actually got good protection out of a play action. They call the, they call the play action deep shot on it. And when he saw that protection, I honestly think breeze was just like, no, I got to go downfield. Mm-hmm. But Tampa was like ready to be like, nah, we're going to deny that one. And they left Alvin wide open in the flat. I'll, I'll just upload. I mean, I'll just, I'll just put that on Twitter. That's not even a J Rob all 22. That's just like, look at this dude wide open mm-hmm. done. I have nothing more to talk to you about. You know what I mean? But yeah, this, and as we talked about off off of air, off the mic, your boy Devin White, bro. This was such a complete game from him. This is the type of game that you need, and I was so glad to see him have this type of performance because I I just I love the juice that that dude brings. 
mm-hmm. to to a lineup. And I, and I talked about it before. The, I talked about it when we were in our preview show. I talked about it in the preview show. He is going to have a huge role just because of how the Saints rely on yards after the catch and how they rely on changing the math and putting people into space and making you make plays in space. And that's what Devin White does arguably better than anybody in the entire NFL. And he did that and more. That interception and then being able to get points off of that interception that he had in the fourth quarter, that was the coffin. Yeah. That was the coffin. That play dropped the Saints six feet deep. And, and, And here we are right now, man. And I just, you know... We're looking at we, we will we will hit you guys with our with our previews when they arrive. But uh, the other area that I wanted to at least make note of, there was a point in this game where shout out to Greg Robinson, where he was like, "What is Cam Jordan playing? Is he playing today? Do you know if he's playing?" I was like, "Yeah, he's playing." Are you sure? I'm like, "Yeah, he's playing." Why? 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 It's like I haven't heard his name because <laughs> it's Tristan Wirfs. Yeah. Balling today, man. Balling rook, today. The young rook. Mm-hmm. And your dude, your dude, Antoine Winfield. Yeah, he played well. Yeah, he played really well. He sure did. You know, I, I ain't gonna lie, man. I actually was getting a little upset because these players are players that we could have drafted. I know this is off <laughs> off topic and whatnot. You know, with, with, with the Raiders, we out the playoffs, so we don't even deserve to be talked about. But when I when I watched. Antoine play just the whole season. The times that I've watched Tampa, uh, watched Tampa Bay, and watching today, and then watching Devin White, it's like man, we 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 was right there, you know, to travel. Yeah, could have could have could have both of them. You know, I I still and I'm not going to get too deep into it. I was sure. fine with our net pick. Obviously, you guys know I'm I'm high on him than, than most. But Winfield, man, you look how these players are playing right now. They're playing really really well. Really, really well, you know, and they're being coached up really well as well. So, yeah, Antoine Winfield, yeah, he he stood out. He stood out. Yeah, he really did. The Bucks end up advancing 30 to 20 over the Saints, the last game we have ever seen for Drew Brees. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, it, it, it was reported today, you know. Oh, as, okay. Official. Yeah, Jake Glazer made it official that Brees was done after this game. And now we set the stage for Sunday. AFC and NFC title games, which you guys already know we're going to go ahead and get on that once it arrives. But we appreciate you listening to us. We'll see y'all then.